what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are. We're jumping into episode 304 today. Girl, we moving, right? Yeah. And this one was uh, really good, but mm-hmm. 302 was the one that was very emotionally heavy, a whole lot of stuff going on with it. I really enjoyed 303 for different reasons, and I like 304. It, uh... Had a different pace. And so, yeah, it, yeah, really a different pace. And also, I can say it was emotion emotion driven as well. It really one. was, yeah. just in, in different ways. And so mm-hmm. I like that too. They're not always. Some people might disagree, but I feel like they're not always hitting the same note. Even if they are hitting the same note, they're playing it with different instruments yeah. each time. So I really you, like that. Yeah, they give you different options. I, the writers, big ups to them. They, I mean, they really, really killed this. I was telling you during the show, like, why am I really getting mad? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like getting really angry, but yeah, yeah, this was a really, really good episode and it brings up a lot of good topics for tonight's episode. So yeah, well, let's get into them. So we start out and we are at a contest and we see all the men in our gang and they are dressed very sharply. Okay. So they introduce all of them, but some of them have some like special tags on their introduction. So they have Justin as a new entry, uh, Brian as a always a favorite, Emmett (laughs) as a real crowd pleaser, but also Michael and Ted and Ben are there. And the winner of whatever this is turns out to be Brian Kenny, and he feigns surprise there, and then <laughs> goes up to get whatever the award or crown is, and then we see Melanie waking up terrified, terrified girl, <laughs> and very bothered. <laughs> and turns out it was uh, she was dreaming, and it was the Mister Sperm Donor pageant. <laughs> yeah, and so Brian winning is her literal nightmare. That was the worst nightmare ever for her, okay? Like, I mean, she woke up in sweat, screaming. Like, I mean, girl was no good. Yeah. And so, it's clear this is not the first time she's had that nightmare. Uh, When Lindsay tells her, well, maybe it's a sign, because Brian wins every time. And Lindsay's like, well, maybe that's a sign, which sounds very convenient for... For Lindsay. For Lindsay, (laughs) yeah. But Melanie still wants someone else. They still haven't settled the paternity side of this new baby, uh, Lindsay says, well, we agreed that our kids would have the same parent, which I don't know when they ever came to that agreement. Because I didn't get that last week. No, and I didn't get that weeks before, Mm-mm. and I definitely wouldn't have got it in season one. Yeah, no. <laughs> when you, when, of course, conversations had already been, well, not great conversations, but some conversation and discussion have been had because that led to Gus. And so, and definitely because the terms are different now, because Melanie is caring. Maybe right. if Lindsay was going to continue to do it, it would be Brian every time, but. Yeah, I mean. And my thing is, I understand why she wants the parents to be the same, you know, but... But what does that matter? Yeah. If you already have a non-traditional family, like, yeah. what, what, that doesn't make them any more... Yeah, and it makes me... Siblings, it, then, you know. It makes me want to look at Lindsay again with the side eye, like, girl, stop always... I mean... Right. What, why are you trying to play house yeah. and feel in this it. weird way with Brian, maybe? Yeah, so I'm just <laughs> like, okay, girl, you're getting on my nerves again. Like, I had given you a pass. Like, we had got cool. We became besties again. And now you're doing this shit, so I'm like, girl, chill out. Yeah. Well, Mel understands how much Brian means to Lindsay, and she says, I know that he always has and he always will mean that to you. And I feel like now she can say that with a whole lot less envy and anger behind it. I think mm-hmm. that's probably still not her favorite friendship of Lindsay's. But she knows it's not going anywhere. Right. And she's seen like Brian has come through for her and for Lindsay yeah. various times. So she can see that there are there is good and redeemable things about Brian. And so she sees what I understand what he means to you, Lindsay. But he, just, he don't mean that to yeah, me. Like, I yeah. don't I don't hate the guy. He's just not my favorite or yeah. my cup of tea. And that kind of makes Melanie's point of view make more sense because Lindsay got to share something with her best male friend 
And Mel wants to be able to do that with someone who is just as important to her, you mm-hmm. know? And so I see why, aside from just her issues with Brian, I also see where she's like, no, this is something very special and significant. And I want it to be with somebody who means to me either exactly what Brian means to you or close enough. Well, and she deserves that. That's, that's yeah, fair to her. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. So we see Brian, and he is with Gardner there in his office. And there's definitely some respect between the two of them. They'll probably never be friends, but they look like work-wise, they yeah. they get along. I mean, this isn't the first interaction we've seen with them. And so I feel like it's just progressively getting better. Yeah, they come a long way. With them. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, they are studying a chip there in Brian's office. And Brian convinces Gardner to try and just totally sets him up <laughs> because... Turns out they are very hot. They are muy caliente. Flaming hot Cheetos ain't got nothing on these, okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is Brian's next challenge. This is um, going to be his next client. And he's got to spice up the ad campaign for this potato chip. And he is unfazed because he's already got it. He's already got the perfect line for it. Um. So, again, Gardner's like, that Brian did, did it again. <laughs> I mean, he's a genius. As they're in the office, someone comes barging past Cynthia and it's a lady and a kid. And unfortunately, we recognize this lady. Mm. This is Claire, Brian's sister. And it's just hard to expect anything good from any of the Kennys aside from Brian. So already when she comes in, I'm just like, oh, my. What do you want? Yeah, girl. For one, don't come to my place of business. Yeah. Unannounced. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, if they tell you I'm busy, you don't know what I'm doing. Don't just bust into my office, period. Yeah. So Claire says that her other son, Peter, who I believe is the younger son, Broke his arm at practice, and so she's needing to go to the to the ER right away. And she says that she needs someone to watch, to look after John. Now, John looks old enough to watch himself, but I, he looks very untrustworthy. No, nah, so. he is untrustworthy. But yeah. at the same time, like, uh, why can't he go to the hospital with you? Yeah. You're not going to be in the ER with the doctors. He could be in the waiting room with your ass. My mama was a single mama. If something happened to us, we all went. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I'll never forget. My sister had to get stitches. We were all in the hospital together. Yeah. Okay? Well, and she's saying this like it's Brian's fault. Like, she's, like, yelling at him because she needs somebody to watch John. She's like, okay. This That's what grandparents really... are for. Well, unfortunately, Miss Joan Kinney is indisposed. <laughs> Translated by Brian, she's passed out on the floor, drunk. Mm-hmm. So she is no help in this situation. I don't know what the deal is with their dad, but you get that he's not involved that anymore. Part. So she doesn't have, have anywhere else for him to go. And, uh, yeah, so that's when Brian does suggest their mom, but there's no one else. And I just want to tell, like, I don't know what makes you think we have that type of family. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Where, yeah. Because the last time I saw you, you were trying to come, you you forced me to go hang out with mom. Right, you're because, mom yeah, off on me. So, I mean, we don't, we don't speak. Right. We don't do that. We, yeah, that's not us. I think maybe we've seen, heard some mention of the fact that Claire had kids, but it's very clear they're not a part of Brian's life and he's not a part of theirs. Mm-hmm. When Claire leaves, Brian and John are sitting there just, you know, sizing, sizing, each, other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sizing each other up. And he asks Brian in a very not nice way if he is still gay. And I would have just, like, snatched that Game Boy out of his hand and crushed it on I my hate head. the F word, and I don't mean yeah. fuck, okay? I hate the F word. Like, yeah. I mean, this little boy is so disrespectful. For one, you a child, so don't even be using words like that and in front of me. And just says it, like, rolls it's like, right it's on natural. his tongue. He's not, like, whispering it or looking around to see no. if anybody else is watching. This is n- n- normal conversation right. for him. Right, you can tell, like, you say this on a regular. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was like, uh-uh. You sitting in my office, you in my care, you... Girl, I swear, if this was in the 90s, he, and he was in my family, he would have got... I would have been across that, that desk. 
would have been across that desk. Yeah. And I know you don't whoop kids these days. Yeah, well, they definitely could have taken his toys. Yeah, with that mouth and attitude, he doesn't deserve it. He would have been in the corner. I don't care if you're 14, 13, 12. I don't care how old you. Boy, you would have been in the corner. Some. Yeah. Um. Brian offers him a chip, and he takes a handful and shoves them into his mouth. So Brian kind of gets him back in a childish way that won't leave a mark. That part, okay. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Well, Melanie and Lindsay are sperm shopping at the diner, <laughs> and they're I, they're looking at Justin, and they're listing all of his qualities and features, and I'm like, mm-mm, don't pull him into that. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. is beautiful, though. Everything they said about him was so true. Yeah. Well, Melanie says, well, he's just a baby, and so they don't want a baby having to have a baby with a baby but i also don't think that justin would want to be hands-off and so i think the arrangement that they have with brian wouldn't work for justin because he would want to be more involved and i think that he would put a lot of energy and effort into that and it would pull him away from his other from his career school and things and so yeah probably not the best no no it it wouldn't have worked because i mean he was the one who was telling brian like hey don't do this if you really don't want to do it then don't you know this is your rights da 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 so Nah, he would definitely be hands-on. It, w- it wouldn't work for that situation. No, mm-mm. Well, Ben walks in to meet Michael, and they rule him out. Well, Melanie says he's perfect except for one thing. Now, oh, oh. yeah, well, and I know people take issue with that line, and I know what she's saying in this context, that he'd be perfect because he is a very caring person. He's generally pretty level-headed. Sometimes not, but and he's generally smart. he is. Yeah, very smart, very driven. Why would people take issue with that line? Because it sounds very um, like, oh, you would be a great human being, but you got AIDS, so or you got HIV, so you're second class now. Well, no one's saying that he wasn't a great human being, but I mean, he couldn't, he the, couldn't the put line, the sperm in. Yeah, the line in context means one thing, but I think people feel like it might have been an insensitive line. But how, how com- could she have watered it well, differently? Well, where where she's coming from is, um, unfortunately, it's a very high possibility that at that time in late nineties, early two thousands, that male and or the baby would contract HIV from Ben if they did use his sperm. It's a very yeah. high possibility. Uh, so I know she was saying in this context, he's not a good option because of that one thing. Yeah. Um, but it does translate for some people worse than that. Well, um, I'm sorry if it translates yeah. that for y'all, but I didn't take it that way. Well, you know, I just wanted to make sure that we did touch on that because since it is a line that can hurt and offend some people. Right. Well, I mean, I, I didn't want, mean it to be, be, yeah, no, to be no, offensive. I know, I know you didn't because you took it th- probably the way that they, they, wrote, that it. they wrote it, the way that they intended it. But just because it is something that's like that, I felt like the responsible thing to do is to be like, hey, I know that for some people this is probably not. Right. The right way to say that, because, you know, having a certain diagnosis or disorder or disability doesn't make you less than perfect. And so I also want to make sure, like, that's what we highlight. We're not saying it makes you less than perfect. It's just unfortunate the word right. that she used. Uh, in certain contexts, it might exclude or limit you. But I They should have think- finished it out. He would have been the perfect candidate for this. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we can't. Yeah, there were it. other ways that, yeah. it, that it could have been said. Yeah. So anyway, I was saying, like, I feel like society and science and entertainment have done a lot of work and should continue to do a lot of mm-hmm. work to make include to promote inclusion. And so that line to some people could be doing the opposite. But this show is dealing with AIDS and HIV in an early fr- stage. From, yeah. From from how things stood in the 90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So plus, I think. This is coming from Melanie, who many times has questioned and challenged Brian's status. Right. And so. 
for her to say that, it kind of tracks for Melanie to say it in that way. Yeah. To say, oh, no, he would be an awesome candidate except for this. So not saying it's right or whatever, but I see why Melanie was the character who said it the way she said it. Right. And um, she said it last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. We don't even know if Brian's negative. She did mm-hmm. say something like that last week. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so they rule out good old reliable Teddy. And I think that they were a little quick to dismiss him. <laughs> no. Okay. They were right on time with Teddy. Okay. And Emmett. Yeah, because they they uh no, they, no. they're gonna pass on on Emmett also. Yeah, Emmett. Um, Teddy. Yeah, but they should be so lucky to have a kid with Emmett yes. because Emmett is a loyal friend. He is. He's perceptive. He's comfortable in his own skin. That part. And with his emotions, he loves big, and he will fight anybody who challenges someone he loves. And yes, and if he were able to be in that child's life, I mean, I know what they want to do. I mean, he would teach them to stand up for themselves. You know, I mean, he, yeah. he would instill really, really good ethics into this kid. I think he would, yeah. But anyway, they ruled him it out. So oh. <laughs> Brian walks in with his nephew, and T- Ted asks him if he got a new boyfriend. Like, <laughs> oh, Teddy, this is why they ruled you. <laughs> that part, okay. Yeah. Well, Emmett says he's even younger than the last one. Well, Justin doesn't find that too funny <laughs> when he comes over to their table. John is not happy at all about being in the diner in a place that caters to gay and lesbian people. He is, like, embarrassed to be seen in there, and Brian really just kind of doesn't care. He's got to feed him. Yeah, I love that Brian don't care. I love that Brian's like, you know what, you and me, you're going to do what the hell I'm doing, so you're coming here, okay? This little boy is the rudest little boy in the world. He really is. Uh, Debbie asks after him, well, she says, who is, who you got with you? And he says, well, this is the spawn of Satan and my sister, (laughs) Debbie says, well, I see the family resemblance. And he says, yeah, we share both sides. Well, um, John asks Brian, right in front of Debbie, if <laughs> Debbie is a drag queen. And Brian kind of looks like, ooh, I hope she don't smack you upside the that head That part, because you don't know who you're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. Baby, you don't know who you're dealing with, okay? Yeah, well, can you imagine if Brian said, no, but Michael's daddy is. <laughs> oh, girl, I would have been on the floor. <laughs> His little head would explode trying to parse that yes, out. Yes, <laughs> that part. I would have been no good. So Debbie, of course, hears John ask if she's a drag queen and Liz's very <laughs> rude self. And you can tell where she's kind of upset with herself or even giving any of Brian's family the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah. Trying to come over and you be know nice. What? She's this like, is a damn I should have already known. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. this is a damn Kenny. Should have yeah. known. Well, not only does John not want to be there, he doesn't want any food from there, uh, but Brian makes him order something. And so while he's sitting there with John, Justin walks by, and Brian and Justin exchange a quick little, and a nice little hi, and I'm like, okay, now kiss. No, for real. <laughs> like, every interaction, I'm just like, just sit there. Sit on his lap. Yeah. Give him a hug. Okay, can you look deep into his eyes and yes, just let him because breathe? I am pathetic, and Please. I hope it's romantic, and I just want them to be together, but that's not what's happening. No. So, anyway, but it's nice to see that they figured out how to get along, and Brian is functioning better. Yeah, actually, he looks way better, too. He does. I love that he's back. I'm not going to say he's 100%, but I love that he's back, though. He's not mopey. He looks good. He looks healthy and clean because he was looking <laughs> bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was looking rough. John says that he wants to go to the arcade at the mall. Well, J- Justin is taking an order at the table at the booth next to theirs. And he is checking this kid out and kind of listening in on this conversation because he is someone else who will defend the people that he that he cares about. Mm-hmm. But also, he has zero tolerance for bullies. We learned that about him when he was still in high school. And so even though this kid is much younger than them, it's still like, I recognize that in you and I don't like that. Yep. Like, I see that energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. see it. And I'm going to match it or we're going to remove it. Yeah. And so this kid is the worst. But I think what I pick up from this is 
Yes, genes, genetics play a part in who you become, but really it's his home nurturing life. and conditioning and training, mm-hmm. I think that plays an even bigger role. So true. So yeah, while Melanie and Lindsay are trying to figure out like who's going to be their baby's father, like yeah, the way that you raise that kid has a whole lot more to do with what they turn out to be. Absolutely. I mean, you can clearly see that John is not getting what he's needed at, at home. Well, okay? he's, he's just like... Claire and Jack and, yeah. and, and Joan is what he seems to be. No, yeah. exactly. And not because they share genes, share blood or genes because Brian is of that family But that's also. what he sees and that's what he's picking up. Mm-hmm. He's listening to every word that they're saying because there's no way he knows these words that he's saying like that. And no, and the way he's saying them, he, he's picking it up from someone. Yeah, he is dropping these curse words and they are well practiced. Well practiced, <laughs> girl. He's well rehearsed, yeah. okay? Well, Justin also wants to pop him upside the head. When he walks by, gives him a look. Uh, Michael comes over and he recognizes John. He's the only one who knows that this is, without being told, knows that this is Brian's nephew. And he suggests that Brian bring him over to the store. And so this is the only time we see John trying to do anything that (laughs) even could be in the same, like, paragraph as the word, like, nicer. And he looked respectful. happy. He smiled and got nice. But that's because he was going to get some benefit for himself. Exactly. Rotten little kid. Yeah. Well, Melanie and Lindsay are watching that interaction and they see Michael handling things with this child, which is kind of, mm, I'll say it here, even though I should really save it for later, but I'll probably forget if I save it for later. So they're watching him interact with the kid, but you don't really want him to interact with your kid. You just want him to father it. Yes, that <laughs> or, part. or to like donate the sperm. But like, I don't know why that's still you know making the decision for you but what melanie ultimately says is he won't give us any trouble that's what she cares Mm -hmm. the most about i mean she's saying this other stuff is important but what she really cares about is she does not want anyone challenging her place or what they can do with the kid or whatever male cutthroat when it come down to it okay (laughs) she is not playing she's like i made that mistake one time yeah we're not doing it a second okay she's cutthroat (laughs) with it but yeah i'm with you why does it matter if michael interacting with the kid you want you don't want him to have any Right, relationship. you want to do all the child rearing. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Yeah, it makes no well, sense. Anyway, so when Michael suggests the comic book store, then John's like, can we, Uncle Brian? Oh, really? Now <laughs> yeah, I'm Uncle. Now we're related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over at the comic book store, John is acting like he has some home training because Michael's giving him all these like, free samples and comics. But also what we see here is Brian is trying to not make the day just totally miserable for him. Even though that's not what he signed up for. He was at work when John got dropped off yep. to him. He's tolerating a whole lot of lip off this kid. And he could just make him sit in a corner somewhere. Instead, he took him to the diner to eat. He took him to get free comics. And so he's still doing more than he really has to. Absolutely. Which, I mean, that's big ups to him. But I don't, after the things the little boy said, I don't think I can reward him at all. No, I couldn't either. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> If anything, we would just go sit in the car in the parking lot at the ER. And, like, and wait. We gonna wait right here till your mm-hmm. mama come out. Yep. And I'm like, girl, I know you went to the ER and everything, but I've been having this badass boy all day. <laughs> yeah, it don't take that long to patch it, up no broken arm. It sure don't. Like, all day. Yeah. Michael and Ben, are, well, Michael's there, of course. Well, Ben is there, and uh, Brian offers them a kid. And Ben says, well, it is something that he thought about, but they don't want this particular kid. <laughs> uh, Michael... As he and Ben are talking, he notices how much more built Ben is getting. Now, Ben was already pretty pretty stacked, but he's uh, firming up even more. And he's been hitting the gym hard, and Michael makes a comment about that. 
And Ben's like, yeah, speaking of, I want to go back to the gym this evening and get in some more reps. And Michael's like, well, we had plans. And Ben tells him, well, I'm still going to go do this. We're going to cancel. Is that a problem? But there's a little bit of an edge to mm-hmm. him when he says, is that a problem? I know. I don't like, I mean, I don't know. Ever since Ben has been taking his little stuff, you know, that we figured out what he was doing um, last episode, um, his attitude has changed. He, he's a little little punchy. Mm-hmm. He, he seems a little off. Like, I don't know. Some, something's different about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. He's He seems very on edge and he's very, I don't know. He's like doing these like quick jabs. Like, I'll see you here, then I'll leave. And then I'll, he looks very suspicious Yeah, right it's now. not his normal. And uh, at first I was thinking, like, maybe it's because a couple episodes back, um, Michael kept leaving off with Brian and leaving him there. And he was looking for a place to go. And I'm thinking maybe he's still mad and pissy. But now I'm just like, what is going on? Like, yeah. why? Something's definitely up with uh, with Ben. I noticed in that scene that Michael was chewing gum. And that wasn't the first time we've seen some others. But it was he was, like, obviously chewing gum in this scene. And I wonder if that's supposed to be... Like an inherited trait that he picked up from Debbie, and that's why they intentionally put that in there. Because he was not doing well with chewing this gum and talking like Debbie does. Yeah, true. (laughs) So so I just wonder, because we're talking about genetics and passing Mm -hmm. down traits and things like that. And so I wonder if that's why that scene had Michael chewing that gum. That's hilarious. Yeah, Yeah, they're so subtle with little things like that. Mm -hmm. So we see Ted and Emmett, and they are having a nice dinner at Ted's. And we are reminded in this scene that Ted is pretty particular about his space. <laughs> uh, so they've got some wine and they've got music and it's just really nice. And Ted says, you know, this is really nice. I hate that you have to leave. And it was like, oh, I'm not leaving tonight. And Ted's like, no, I mean, just in general, I hate that you have to leave. And so he suggests that Emmett move in with him. And Emmett wonders if it's too soon. What do you what do you think? I mean, I'm the type of person, like, go with it. I mean, Brad and I, we moved in together very quickly. I met mm-hmm. in June, and by August, he was already in my apartment. And then by November, we moved into our own apartment yeah. together. But Yeah, I know. I, j- I was just kinda... hanging out with friends who they were dating for three months before they yeah, moved in with each other. Exactly. I mean, so, I mean, if you feel it, you feel it. You got to kind of go with it. I thought it was very sweet and romantic that he would even offer that. It's especially, we know how particular he is with his things. So, to have someone come into your life, I mean... Dating someone and living with someone is totally different. Yeah, that's like, what Emma says. Yeah. It's crazy. So, I mean, I thought it was a very sweet gesture. And I love how their love is just unfolding. It's it's so nice to see both of them happy. Yeah, because even though they were getting on this new track with each other, they had all this prior experience mm-hmm. and exposure with each other. So, And they also, like like we said, the prior experience, experience and exposure, their friendship. So um, their friendship. They got to hear about the things that they, they were expecting from others and that they didn't receive. So they know how to treat each other. You yeah. Know? They know what they want and what they don't want. And they both heard it from each other. And usually you know each other's quirks and things like mm-hmm. that, at least from a friendship standpoint. But I, in college, lived with people who were my friends and not just in relationships, even in friendships. Living with a friend and then being friends with someone, two totally different things. Right. Uh, but anyway, we also find out in this scene that they've known each other for around five to six years. So just a little bit of backstory on them. While they're having this discussion, we also see Ted just kind of in the background. We see him like rearranging and moving and fixing and replacing things. So, yeah, you kind of already know something is possibly brewing there. Mm hmm. So Michael is playing with Gus, and the girls are setting the table. They're preparing to serve their 
traditional bribery and persuasion meal. I'm, I'm tired of them always trying to... That's how you know they set you up. If they invite you over they for a meal you and you're the only one there... It's a setup. Yeah, it's a setup. Yeah. They, they known for that, those setups. They got that one recipe they roll out That's when it. they need you to okay. get on board with what they're doing. They breaking out the fine china. Yep. Okay, like they giving you the works. Okay. <laughs> they tell Michael that they are having another kid and pause. We talked about this off air. So Brian has known this whole time that they are planning to have another kid and even that Melanie's going to carry it. Well, he hasn't told anybody. Not one soul. Any of this, not even Michael, because this is news to Michael. So just kind of a another thing about Brian, who, yes, has some uh, unsavory qualities, but uh, <laughs> has a lot of really good ones, too. And one is that he can keep people's confidence. You know? um, but anyway, so they tell Michael they're having another kid and that Mel is going to carry it. and. They're like, well, that's why we invited you over. And Michael says, oh, so I can babysit? Isn't it a little early? And so that might be a red flag when you're select if you're selecting it based on their qualities. I mean, Michael has a little bit of a difficult time putting yeah, two and two together here. Doesn't process. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't process well. Well, they te- Mel tells Michael that they want him to be the father. What do you think about them selecting Michael? I as think the he was the last choice. Okay. <laughs> He was, well, because they went down the whole list, and yeah. they had, like, valid reasons for everybody else to get rid of and him. And they just saw him interacting with a badass kid. Okay. Yeah. Which, really, all he did was bribe him. I got free samples. You should come over to yeah. the, the comic book store. Anybody going to be nice and come over for some free <laughs> shit. I mean, yeah. I'm going to turn my attitude around. You tell me for it's free. Really, I could do a whole lot of stuff for free because yeah. I'm free. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, he was the last choice, really. Because I don't really, I mean, what, what? No, not to even, no, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not gonna be mean. Yeah, I'm not. I just think that he, he definitely was not the first choice, and if if the little boy wasn't there, they would have X him off the list too. Me yeah. personally, that's my opinion. Yeah, well, I know they intentionally did it that way, where they had Michael be the last person that they consider. I know from a writing standpoint, they intentionally had Michael come on later, but it doesn't seem like he was necessarily at the top. No, of, that's I, I didn't mean like in list. writing. I meant like in their list. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. No, you're good. You're, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just yeah. So Michael goes home and he tells Ben this and Ben's kind of looking at him. And it's hard to make out his face at first. He looks a little bit lost and confused and caught off guard, but there's something else there in his face that doesn't really make sense until a little later in the episode. But he initially tells Michael that he thinks it's great. It is something that he has thought about. This isn't the first time this episode he said something like mm-hmm. that. And so he's going to go take a shower when Michael follows him in there. And Michael says that he wishes... The two of them could have could have a kid. And Ben's listening and he he's kind of taking it as a joke, but I do think that he part of him is bothered by it. It is. And we'll kind of have to figure out why. But part of him is a little bit bothered by it. So as Michael's behind him in the shower painting this fantasy of them with a child, Ben immediately abruptly turns around and starts like making, making out, out with him. Yeah. Which is a very <laughs> seems like a very Brian Kenny move. But just he doesn't want to talk about that, so he's trying to distract him. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a little emotional for him. I mean, um, it kind of goes back to the comment that Mel made, and um, and he he knows it. I don't I don't know. It's kind of I don't know. I just yeah, I think it's making him think about something that he hasn't thought about in a while. Yeah, exactly. And he had just kind of come to terms with, or he thought he came to terms with it. And then he, but now you're coming back and you mm-hmm. see, okay, that's not quite. I it, haven't quite come to terms with that. Right, it's yeah. like a, a a wound that was healing, and then he, somebody just ripped the scar off. I mean, the the scab off. Mm-hmm. So. John is at the loft with Brian, and Brian's in the shower. We hear the shower running. 
And he is snooping around. And this is what he gets because he finds Brian's porn stash <laughs> and he is disgusted by it. I was like, well, that's your fault. Exactly. And then he finds Brian's uh, toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some condoms, which he does pocket. I'm thinking, you need to put those right boy, back, little boy. Put those down right now. <laughs> he is, puts on Brian's, like, a watch. Well, then he takes that back off. But he picks up Brian's cowrie shell bracelet that we've seen since the pilot episode. Brian's always had this. And so he puts that on, takes that and puts it in his pocket. Uh, then he opens Brian's wallet and takes some cash out of it. A $50 bill. I haven't seen a $50 bill in I don't know how long. Oh, neither. <laughs> but... But uh, so as he's about to take the money, Brian comes out and tells him to put it back. And John's like, well, you have so much. Why do you care? And he says that his mom told him that Brian is selfish and that he hasn't given the family a red cent ever. I mean, that's the biggest lie. Well, Brian is able to get his money back. He has to chase them all over the loft to get it. And so reach into his pocket and pull it out. And John says that Brian touched his no-no zone, which uh, he did not. He did not. <laughs> um. And he has got a whole lot of words for Brian. And Brian snatches him up and shoves his head into the toilet. Gives him a swirly. Yeah. (laughs) He deserved all of that. Yeah, flushes the toilet right in his face. And then John says, well, you'll be sorry. Like, you're going to be so sorry. Yeah, I don't like no threats. Yeah. I would have washed his mouth. That was soap, too. And gave but him he was peppers. completely out of control. Out of like, control. this is the worst behaved child I've ever seen. Is- and I used to watch, what what show was that? Jerry Springer or yeah. whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Mari. Yeah, Mari that had those troubled teens. Yes. Like, this is the worst kid ever. That's we did the- comment, like, he's a great actor because he is selling the him. heck out okay. of this role. Like, I hated him. Like, I, if, I, if I ever see you on life, it's on sight, okay, yeah. little boy? <laughs> I mean, you're grown now, so I I, it's on sight. I know, it'll be legal now. Yeah. yeah. Well, we see Ted, Emmett, and Brian, and Michael, and uh, so Emmett and Ted are going to do it. Emmett is moving out, and he's going to move in with Ted, and so they are watching the movers uh, take all of his boxes, and they're also talking about Michael donating sperm and being the father of Melanie Lindsay's next child, so they're kind of talking through that and what they think about it. Basically, it's a new connection for another way to connect Brian and and Michael together Mm -hmm. also. So I did ask on that writer interview, I did, I did, I asked them why have Michael be the potential choice for this potential baby. And they said part of it was for that reason. Mm. One was kind of shake things up so it wouldn't just be Brian and Melanie and Lindsay and their thing again. But also it's another way to connect Michael and Brian. Right. Well, that's a smart move too. Yeah. Well, because they're losing, well, I think they, they're losing some of the connection that they had when we came into season one, because right. Brian's life is moving forward and moving in a different direction. And even Michael's is to an extent, like right. he's with Ben now. And so this was another way for them to kind of create some connection between the two of them. So when Brian hears that Ted, well, of course, Brian knows that Ted and Emmett are moving together. Well, he gives them 24 hours. He says they won't last past 24 hours. And they look so offended that he is placing a bet on them. And I'm like, y'all did this to him in season yep. two at Debbie's house. You sure did. Did that to him and Justin. Yep. So, I mean, what goes wrong comes wrong. <laughs> Very true. Because they didn't appreciate it. It's like, well, maybe you should think about that when you do it to your friends. Yep. Well, we see Debbie at the diner and she is telling everyone who wants to listen and who doesn't want to listen that she is going to be a grandma. And then she sits with Vic and Michael and Ben and they're talking about 
the baby and the conception and the type of underwear he needs to be wearing. <laughs> she's doing the most. Yeah, of course she's doing the most. It's it's young Deborah. Of yeah, course young, she's doing young the most. Deborah. <laughs> yeah. Young Deb in the building. Well, Ben is looking a little weird this whole time, but he just like suddenly gets up and and leaves. He might say he's going to the gym, but anyway, it's just very sudden that he just hops up. It's like, okay, I'm out. Bye. I told you he's he's acting weird. Yeah, well, Uncle Vic, I love Uncle Vic because he's perceptive also. And I think Vic chooses when he wants to get involved and when he doesn't with mm-hmm. their lives. You know, some because I think they have a lot of times they don't really invite him into what's going on in their lives, right? Which they should. And I was just talking to somebody about how even today that's a missing thing that kind of mentor relationship between younger gay men and older gay men, or just of people in all no, yeah, parts we, of the we community. We touched on this in, se- in our season one, yeah. that like that passing of the torch just doesn't happen anymore. Right. You know? And so I think maybe sometimes it's unclear who should initiate that. Should right. it be the younger or the older? And so I feel like with Uncle Vic, he doesn't always insert himself in their situations. But there are times when, and especially because he has this unique connection with Ben, even though Ben is the newest member of their family, he uh, has this unique connection with him that he doesn't have with the other guys. Exactly. And none of them have with Ben. And so he really takes he that relate. to heart. Yeah. yeah, he can relate and he can see and understand and anticipate things in Ben. So he follows him out of the diner and he Vic knows that the baby talk probably it's set him trivia. off, especially after Ben's ex-partner just died mm-hmm. from AIDS. And he's the one who gave Ben HIV. And so Vic knows all of this is going on yeah. in Ben. You see, I mean, maybe Michael, I just don't think he's aware. And it's not his fault, but. He's he clueless. Just, he's happy at the moment. Yeah. But also, Michael is really, like, he's content. So he's not really. Right. He doesn't have the same concerns. So yeah. He, and he really does. He has a tendency to not see other people's. Right. Unless it's something obvious. He doesn't necessarily see their. But he, with, with Ben, he's seeing surface. I'm noticing the change in Ben, and I'm not sleeping with him, you know? Right. You're sleeping with and seeing this man every day, and you're not noticing any changes in this man's yeah. attitude. I mean, you didn't pick up on any of the little cues. Baby talk could clear, and he's mentioned, he's thought about this several times. This could clearly be something that, that triggers him, that makes him feel a certain type of way. So I would tread lightly mm-hmm. when speaking about that. And then your mom coming over here, telling every table. Then she comes over and tells us how to live our lives. Um, right. Things like that. When, yeah, you've made her grandmother, but not... From the kid that the two of us are going to share, right. but from the child that you're going to have with them over there. And so... He feels oh, a little left out. It's stirring up a lot in him. And yeah, I feel like... I'm not being mean to Michael, uh, but I feel like maybe he should have noticed that. <laughs> um no, he should have noticed. Yeah, I feel like he should have... And I think he noticed it, but maybe he should have dug into it a little more. Because if Brian was acting different, oh. he's all he's all up in his face. There would have like, 21 questions. On. Yeah, and so, I mean, I, I just... It's interesting to me that he's being a little bit more hesitant to do that with, with Ben. But Vic is not being hesitant. He goes out there. He tries to have this conversation with him because Vic is no fool. He's very wise. He's seen a lot. And like we said, he probably knows what Ben is feeling in this moment, but Ben doesn't want to talk to him. So he walks off and leaves him there. I just thought that was rude. I mean, Vic came out very nice, concerned, trying to make small talk to get him, to loosen him up, to open Mm -hmm. him up, let him know, hey, I know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here. Trust me, it's going to be better. We're going to work through this. You're part of the family. Something like that. But I mean, Ben was just so short and dismissive. And just, like, I mean, dipped off on him. Yeah, and maybe Ben doesn't realize it, but Vic was very vital in Debbie coming around 
him. It, yeah, mm-hmm. and embracing him. And it maybe even Michael feel like it's a possibility having an uncle who has had the same condition. You know, that might have softened Michael up to say, okay, well, I love my Uncle Vic and I'm around him. And, you know, so. Like, hence why we can do this. Yeah. So I feel like just on a couple levels, like, Ben, what, what is what is uh, your deal? What's yeah, going on with you? I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Brian is getting another hour or two out of one of the movers there in the elevator heading up to his loft. Okay. And as he's coming up to the floor, you know, because you can see through his elevator there. There is a cop at his door, and, and Brian's thinking, oh, this is about to get even hotter. I was thinking the same thing. Like, ooh, wait, okay, you didn't called up a little favor before you yeah. make it to the house? Okay, Mr. Officer, I've been bad, okay? <laughs> well, so Brian's like, okay, yeah, you found me, because he asked for Brian Kenny. He's like, you found me. And he says, did we meet at a costume party? Because Brian's just thinking this is another either a past trick or potential trick or whatever. And he tells them, no, I am with the Pittsburgh Police Department and you need to come down to headquarters with me. And Brian pulls his pants up and doesn't have a clue what's going on, but he goes out with him. We see Melanie and Lindsay and they are talking to Michael and they're going, okay, you know what's involved and this is going to be great and super awesome. And they pull out this donor agreement. Girl, that's a huge ass contract. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And which they probably should have had some of this paper in the first place. But anyway, so they tell him that he will. So this, according to this agreement, this document, he will have no parental rights. No, which I'm like, okay, I can see that because they want it to be like, they are the two legal parents. Okay. I can see that. But no visitation without approval. That's crazy right there. "Mm, That that sounds sketchy. That feels extreme. Yeah. And they're relieving him of all financial obligations, which. I like that one. I like that one. And they, but didn't they, Brian, didn't, they didn't do they Brian didn't, like that. They didn't give Brian that option. <laughs> she just said last week. Just last yeah, episode, yeah. part of the way to convince Melanie. Yeah. He can, to, he'll cut a check. That he'll cut a check. Like, so, <laughs> so basically, Brian's going to pay for this one, too. That one, too. Is. Okay, yeah. listen, I know it ain't your baby, but um, <laughs> we need both of them to get into school. Okay. Yeah. Can you please cut that check? Uh, really, all they want is his sperm. And I feel like that is okay, but... You've complicated things because that's not how you originally came about this, about this say, conversation. Yeah, when you was trying to bribe me with the food and feed my belly, you didn't you didn't mention any of that. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's the part that is like, mm, no, don't know about that. Yeah. Because if you want, because I do, Melanie, that's what she wanted. That's what she wanted Brian to be like, you make your donation and then you're out. Like, that's it. You'll see the kid because we're all friends, but that's that's what Melanie wants. Because she wants this to be her family with Lindsay. And so that's what she's trying to accomplish. And so much more through this donor agreement. Yeah. Well, Michael is reading through it and he's not liking what he's reading. And he says, well, I thought you wanted me to be the father. And Melanie is telling him, well, after what happened to to Brian, you know, we don't want a repeat of that. She says, well, you know how he, how things went with him. And Michael says, well, now I'm starting to understand why understand how he might have felt in that situation, how he might have felt left out and bulldozed and just used. Yeah. And used and like, and maybe a little bit lied to, cause that's not the image that you, that you, you painted. Yeah, and no. He also tells them, uh, and this is the line that I know what Michael is saying, but I kind of disagree with this line, but he says something about basically like a kid needs a, needs a dad. And 
to an extent, I get that. I get where that's coming from, but I don't think that's the only way to raise a good kid. I think yeah. two women can raise a good kid. And so Absolutely. when Michael says that and he's like, well, you're not giving this kid a, it seems like he's suggesting you're not giving this kid a fair shot because it's going to have two mommies and no daddy. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I agree with that, Michael. No, I don't agree with that either. I mean, like I mentioned before, my mom was a single parent and I mean, we did just great. She made sure we were, we were great. Yeah. And, uh, no, I mean, that sounds a little prejudiced. What he said, you know, maybe yeah. it's not even the right word, but but it does it's just off, sound, yeah, you know? it, does, it doesn't sound right. Like you're, yeah, and I don't like how he's always. It seems like he's always downplaying what Debbie did for him. Like, uh, yeah, y'all might have had to struggle, and maybe you didn't have the best of everything, but she sacrificed. She loved everything. you fiercely. I mean, this yep. lady put her whole life on hold until two weeks ago when Ted and Emmett have had to give her lessons. <laughs> okay, and they got her together. Okay. Yeah. And so I don't like that he's always like, life was so miserable. Life was so awful. I do understand that there are some things that he might have felt like he was missing because he didn't have, he didn't have a father around, but I just don't like how he's always, I don't know. Right. No, but it's the truth. And it it almost, it feels a little early for them to be having this, this degree of misunderstanding too, because the idea just came up. And so. He went into it with a different understanding of what it should have been. But I also feel like he's making it a little bit about himself. True. But I'm glad they're handling it now. Because could you yes. imagine if they would have went ahead, went ahead and actually started the process? It took. And then now they're, 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 they're pregnant. And then they want to pass this contract over? Yeah. Or <laughs> the baby has been born like they did with Brian. And then now they're like, oh, you can't come over here and see this baby without you know, getting our permission first. And. It would it would have been some nasty man. Yeah, because terrible. Michael and Debbie. Ooh, Debbie, <laughs> yo, that would have been bad. Yeah, so I am glad that they're that they're getting this together first. But I just I feel like Michael and people probably think I just hate Michael all the time. I don't. He definitely has does some things that I don't like, and there's some comments that he's made that I haven't really walked back from. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, well, do you like him or not? Because I mean, you just gave two negatives. Okay, that's okay? not the question I'm going to answer right now. <laughs> but the point is, I feel like Barbie feels like he's making this about himself. They want to have a child. Now, you can say it's because they're wanting to use him to donate the sperm for this kid. But I'm just like, Michael, they just told you this yesterday or whatever. And now you've painted this whole picture. Like, are you about to be a whole dad? You're going to make yeah, a whole family Yeah, yeah. But maybe they should have known Michael well enough to say... From the jump, look, all we we don't want you to be the father because they sponsor. messed up when they but they were just trying to get a yes out of him. They shouldn't have said we want you to be a father. They should have said give us a little a little sample. That's it. <laughs> and that's Here's it. Here's a cup. Do your thing. Yeah. So I love this next scene. It's something very small, but well, the first part of it. But I love this part. We see Debbie and she, she's there with Vic. Vic's ironing, and Debbie's there in the kitchen at her house, and she's giving Justin some housewarming gifts and. Some of her family heirlooms, I mean, these are things that are important. These aren't little pieces that she found on the curb or that were donated here or whatever. Like, these are family heirlooms. They are hideous, but they are special to her. Hideous. And she's given these to Justin for this new home that he's setting up with Ethan. And so, and she says, that way you know that I'll always be there. And so she still oh, mother. wants to, yeah, still wants to maintain that relationship that they have, even though Justin's not with Brian. He's still welcome in her home. By himself. He doesn't have to be there with Brian. Right. Like, what they have is separate. And I just love how loving she is I mean, him. Justin is part of the gang now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be weird if she switched up. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I love that she keeps it real, 100, and always the same uh, when it comes to Justin. But taking that extra step and, like, 
okay, here's what you're doing. For here's what I'm giving you to yeah. help you do mm-hmm. this new thing. Uh, so, yeah, I love that that scene. Well, then Carl comes over and he gives Debbie a hug. And she's like, well, I thought we were on for tomorrow. And he says, yeah, no, that, that's true. We still are. But I came to tell you that one of your lost boys is in trouble. And I love Carl for coming and doing this. Because okay, he didn't like, have to do that. He didn't have to do that. He probably didn't supposed to mm-hmm. do that. But he goes to Debbie to let her know in person, hey, something's going on with one of your boys. And she says, who? And he says, Kenny. Well, J- Justin immediately hops on. And he's like, Brian, what's going on with Brian? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> he was ready. Okay. Radar going off. What's going on with Brian? Because, I mean, even from season one, like, you do not mess with Brian on Period. Justin's watch. And he tells them that his Brian's 12-year-old nephew has accused him of child molestation. Girl, see, this is what I'm talking about right here. Now I'm pissed the hell off. This is the problem, child. I got a lot of words about oh, young John. A, a lot, you know, but I'm not. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna move it along. Mm-hmm. We're gonna move it along. But I'm ready to jump to the TV and strangle this little <laughs> mug. Okay. Well, Emmett is cooking up a storm at uh, in his new kitchen there at Ted's, and he has got every dish, every ingredient <laughs> out on the counter. The music is loud. Girl, he's killing the game. His stuff is everywhere, and he is like right at home. He's dancing around. Frying this chicken with no grease. Girl, I ain't seen nothing <laughs> popping, no nothing. I was like, what a Crisco? What, what, yeah. what, what a um, uh, canola is, oil? This is the air fryer before there was an air fryer. That part, apparently. okay. <laughs> okay, he had it in a skillet. Okay, yeah. he had it in a skillet. And with, that cast iron with nothing. Nothing. And it was golden and brown. It was, girl, I was like, okay, teach me. That's yeah, that Mississippi cooking. Ain't Lulu's recipe. Yeah, yeah. ain't Lulu. Send that my way. Send it over here, baby, because we don't have to use no grease. We ain't, yeah. we ain't messing up the house like that. I mean, no popping, no sizzling, no nothing. Yeah, well, Ted comes home from work, and he sees all of this stuff all over the kitchen and all over the space. Because every time we see his place, it's very put together, yeah. except for when he was in that little that little dark hole with his porn thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's usually always very put together. I mean, moving a lamp to the right place and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And... This gives me David and Michael all over again. Yeah, that's what it gave me. <laughs> David and Michael, when Michael first came there and had those comic book things. Yeah. All, Captain Astro had a big old poster of him everywhere. Like, David was like, no. Yeah, absolutely it's, it's really giving me, giving me those vibes again. But it's really hard when you're moving in with someone, but you're moving into their space that's already established. Because they've pretty much filled all the spaces that they feel like need to be filled. But you've got a whole lot of stuff you're coming with. Exactly. So, Ted asks about... Uh, a old rusty bent nail and Emmett tells him well, while I was feng shuiing this space I found it on the floor and so I threw it away well this was something that was very important to Ted it was his good luck charm it belonged to Pavarotti and so Ted just explodes <laughs> because he feel, feels like Emmett has come in and made himself too at home too quickly I mean I think he had kind of has the right although you did invite him to move in with you therefore he should be able to make things you know his own but at the same time, I mean, Emmett took over. I he, mean, he did, and he, it looked like there were, things were still in boxes, so he wasn't done. And maybe, it, but I mean, no, he took over. He did kind of take over. But what I was gonna say is, Ted has been to Emmett's apartment that he shares with Michael. You know what his aesthetic is. No, no, that part <laughs> so, he didn't know that. So you, pro- you should have known he was bringing some of the faux furs and the glitter and all of that with him. So <laughs> I, part of that is on you. I think that he wasn't expecting it to happen so quickly. You go to work and then you come home and then, I mean, and who knows how long he was going to work? It could have been just a few hours. When he came back, the whole apartment has been, you know. Emmatized. Yeah. You know well, no, I feel like this is classic Ted. Cla- Ted lives a fantasy in his in his head, and then his reality very rarely lives up to that. 
I mean, we see that in several ways with him. But I think when they were there having that wine together that night, he saw this fantasy of every night it's going to be calm and quiet with opera music in the background and a nice ball of red. And mm-hmm. we, you know, I clean up the kitchen before we go do anything else. And so he thought, that's what I want every night. But that's not the reality of life with Emma or really with anybody. Yeah, like, period. But this is what he does. He fixates on a reality, a false reality. And then he projects that. And then when it doesn't go like that, it's like he can't, his mind can't compute that. Mm-mm. And so, yeah, I think that's that's what happened here. And so, in theory, living with Emmett, spending every evening with Emmett was going to be great. But he wasn't really thinking about the reality of what that would look like. Well, reality check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we know that Brian had to go down to the station with that police officer. So the next scene, we see Michael and Brian together leaving the station. And Brian is very upset. He is livid, like barely holding the lid on it, you can tell. And Michael says, well, all he had to do was accuse you and they believe him. And unfortunately, this is so true. So many people, hopefully less now than at this point, but so many people feel that way about gay men. Like they're just perverts and they're all pedophiles and they all just want to touch little boys. And that is, can be further from the truth, but it's just so sad that people already have that lodged in their brain. And so just a kid saying, oh yeah, he did this to me. And they're like, okay, we're on it. And, and where the hell did it even come from? Like, yeah. who who made that logic? That's crazy. To I know, me. yeah, that's insane. Like, but yeah, people do think like that. That's some silly, yeah. And I don't know stuff. if this is a whole nother episode itself, and there might be some other podcast that's already talked about it. But I don't know if it's because like there are some things where it's portrayed as the more feminine looking guy with like the softer features and the no body hair like that was kind of like an ideal at one point and so they associated that with like you want a a A younger looking yeah very youthful person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know if it's rooted in probably rooted in several things that i don't have time to get into tonight (laughs) but yeah no that's crazy but when, when he went into that speech I was like, damn, you know, like yeah. it kind of, it, it just hit home. Like, oh. Yeah. And I never want to be a person who doesn't believe someone who has been victimized that way. Someone who has been attacked or, or touched or, or groped or propositioned in a way that is very inappropriate. But very you, still, for. you still have but, to do your investigations and do your yeah. research and make sure that all parties are being protected. Yeah. And so it's not that I didn't want the officers to take this kid seriously, but I don't want you... Don't let your your prejudice or your bias or your homophobia make someone guilty before they're found guilty. Exactly. Michael kind of put finally realized like, oh, if they believe him, you could actually go to prison. And Brian's like, oh yeah, calm down. But but Brian's very upset. You know, he's got a plan in mind for how to deal with this, but he's just trying to get Michael to. To zip stop it. Being, yeah, to zip it. And maybe, so, hey, I already know all this stuff. I don't need you telling me. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael says that he's half Italian, half drag queen. He's allowed to, <laughs> to overreact. I died, okay? Michael, that was a good punchline. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I said Brian has a plan, and that plan is to go right over to Claire's house. And that's what he does. Pulls right up over there. Thank God. And Which is risky behavior because he's going and finding the person victim. who... Yeah, the yeah. victim, person who accused him. But he is just like... This is absolute bull. I'm going to the source to deal with this. Absolutely. And she, at first, is like trying not to let him in. Like, you can't come near my son and all this. And I feel like, and Brian says this in this scene, she should have gone to Brian. Even if she, please do believe your child if they say someone is doing something to them. 
but find out a little bit more, maybe. Please, I don't know. Before you call Some situations, you might not have to do that. You can just kind of go straight to the police because you know that yeah, person or their happened. patterns yeah. or whatever. But in this, but this keeping is your it in context, in this particular situation, I feel like Claire should have gone to Brian. Yeah. What's going on? Exactly. For one, this is your brother. Not trying to say family don't do don't do crazy things like that, but you know it happens in families. We know things but, happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in this, but again, in keeping this, it in context, in this just very specific one situation, he didn't even he for one, you don't even know Brian to ever do anything like that. Right. Period. You don't even know him, and clearly you had to trust. And you him. know your child bad. Yeah, and you know your child is terrible because <laughs> that one time he was running around. When he was in the loft yes, acting a fool. that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we already knew the kid, the kid was bad as hell. But then, for one, you had to trust your brother because you brought him to me without even asking me. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't give me the benefit of the doubt to come ask me. Exactly. Hey, you know what I'm saying? This is what's being said. What's going on? What happened? Like, so I could tell you how bad your motherfucking kid was. Yeah. Well, and, and Claire says, well, why would he make it up? And Brian says, because he is a twisted, homophobic kid. You know, I wonder where he learned that from. And then out comes old drunk Joan Kenny. Mm. Anyway, this all reminded me of Ted's quote many episodes back when he says, growing up in a house like that with a family like that. Well, Emmett says, I wonder how how he survived. Or maybe Ted says, I wonder how he survived. And then, okay, one of them says, I wonder how he survived. (laughs) And the other one says, who said that he did? And this reminds me of that because... For them to think that way, I think that is what, yes, he's upset about the accusation and what it could mean for him in his life. More than anything, it's like, that's what you think about me? You have made no efforts to get to know me, who I really am, and that you, that's what you think of me? You think I would do something like that? They both attacked him. All three, yeah. all three attacked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I just imagine how hurt he must feel. Like, yes, betrayed and angry, but also just alone. how hurt and alone, yeah, and crushed and yeah. rejected and abandoned he must feel. When it's like, not even my family gives me the benefit of the doubt. Things Strangers on the street give yeah. him more. We talked about earlier in this episode the things that Brian wasn't going out of his way, because why would he? But he was trying to do things to at least get the boy fed and give him some type of entertainment, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and that's what you think. I didn't even tell you that he all, he was trying to steal my money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, not until later did that even come up. And so, I could have called you immediately. You need to come get him. He's trying to steal my money. Yep. But, yeah, the Kennys are trash boxes. Trash, trash, trash. And guess what? I'm the garbage man. I'm taking y'all out. <laughs> yeah, well, he says to his mom, well, he he basically says, F all of this. And then he looks at his mom, and there's a slight pause, but then he says, F you too. And she I deserved think, that too. You know, and I think he sees there is no redeeming this. No. Like, he's always held out this hope that just maybe she will embrace and accept and love him and actually be a good mom who cares about him. And he's held out for that. But I think at this point, last straw. No more. Yeah. Like, you, there's no coming back from uh-uh, that. Uh-uh. None at you all. You can't. Like, that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Michael is having his own woes. He is telling Ben that he's not going through with the baby because of the terms of the donor agreement. And he doesn't want to agree to all of that. And... Ben was kind of excited about it because he says that's the closest that he would become, he would be to becoming a dad. He would be Uncle Ben, which people get weird when they start like trying to assign titles to people. Because yeah. if, if Michael's the father and Michael's partner is the uncle, people get weird with the titles on things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as they're talking through this, this is a conversation that they've never had. They've never talked about children. And Ben says it's always it was always a thought, but he never knew how much he wanted it until he couldn't have it. So Uncle Vic was right. He knew that Ben was being triggered by all the all mm-hmm. the baby talk. 
Yeah. I, mean, I, I love that he could read and pick up through that because everybody else was self-absorbed. Debbie was so focused on the kid. Michael so happened to have all the attention on him. No one was really looking at, uh, at Ben except That's for That's true. Yeah, nobody has cared about him. Even the girls, you know, did... I don't know, maybe because they should have they they brought them both, both over. Thank you. Yeah. Because they're they're a partnership. Right. So I mean you should have had them both over whining and dining them, not just Michael. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, a whole lot of things. <laughs> I'm like, I would hope my friends would give me the courtesy of yeah, invite me and my partner over for that mm-hmm. conversation. Because you know, we're gonna have it later anyway. And so yeah, that's probably what they what they should have yep. done. Uh, well, so as they're talking, they hear a noise, and it sounds like a burglar, but turns out it is Emmett, and he is moving back in because things did not work out with Teddy. Not oh. They didn't even make it 24 hours. So no. Brian, Brian won. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over at Babylon, Ted is there alone with a beer, and Brian comes up to him and asks where asks him about his wife, and he says that Emmett went, went back home to his mama. Uh, so basically, he moved out, went back to his apartment with Michael. Brian makes a joke about it, and Ted's not really in the mood for that. So he tells him it's not about trying to be pretend homosexual or pretend heterosexuals. It's about love and trying to make a relationship work with the person that you love, and figuring out what compromise and all that looks like. And so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that yeah, I mean, Brian he, tries to avoid. And run away he from. checked Brian in that. He I did. Mean, he's he like, did. you're not going to shame me. For being in love with somebody and wanting to figure out how to make it work and being frustrated that it that it's not working. Yeah, because you can't comp- um, comprehend all that. But what I didn't understand is, or I want to know, do they have hearing aids? Because they, <laughs> they were in Babylon was that pumping. That was a long speech in a club. I mean, usually my sentence is like two, one, two, or maybe three words. And, and a couple. In a club. What, one more time. I yeah. out. Text me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me read your lips. And that's me screaming right yeah, into your ear. Exactly. But Brian caught every word of that. Okay. Yeah. On a normal voice, they weren't even yelling. Okay. They're good lip readers. Yes, I guess. Ted leaves Brian to decide how he feels about the speech that he just gave him, and then Brian goes off to the to the back room and i'm just just the past couple episodes have given me a little bit of uh some like trauma or ptsd or whatever about brian in the back room so i'm nervous yeah to go back there. I, I know i'm like no nah, baby y'all make the best decisions back there <laughs> yeah. come from yeah. back come from back there but he goes back there and he finds this guy and he i guess gives him the signal and the guy follows him and then brian gets a look at him in the blue light there and he says oh no i think you're a little too young for me and as he's walking out, the guy says, well, that's not what I heard. I'm like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, How dare um, you? Yeah. Which that's something that he has never really thought about before. But now it's just in his mind. And so we know that even though it looks like he got this big accusation that's still pending and he just says, whatever, I'm going to the back room. Like that's still lodged in his brain. So next we see Justin and he is at the arcade there at the mall and he yeah <laughs> come through justin and he sees um sees john over there playing a video game and shooting up something like this violent kid and he says well how's choir practice because that's the joke that heard. john made mm-hmm. earlier he so he knows okay this must be he must have heard me say that to my uncle brian and he's asking who he is and justin says well, i'm a friend of your uncle's and he tells John, hey, you need to tell the truth. You need to admit that you're lying or he could go to prison. And he says, well, good. He can get raped by a bunch of black guys. Girl. 
he is homophobic and, and racist, racist and just at 12 13 show me the redeemable qualities girl <laughs> why he had to say that like yeah. i mean get up out of here boy you, yeah. you, you racist and homophobic get gang and raped what are by you a bunch watching of and who are you listening to who, like? i mean and joan girl you you supposed to be all deep into the church i know you're not teaching this little boy that well okay? she's drunk all the time she ain't teaching nobody nothing well that part too <laughs> i don't know what claire yeah. yeah clearly he's getting to somebody's secret little stash and, and watching some shit that he shouldn't be seeing or listening to somebody say some stuff he shouldn't be hearing at that stage in the game. But I mean, I, I mean, that's when I really perked up and I got, I almost busted my damn TV. Okay. I was <laughs> yeah, mad. Yeah. That little boy. Um, I chose violence today, y'all. Okay. Yeah. So as he's doing that, he has his hand up. Justin notices Brian's bracelet there on him. Well, and Justin already knows Brian would never do anything ever. like this. He saw that kid in the diner. He knows that he is a, tool and so no part of him believes that brian is like that and would do that and so he is i know this is wrong how do i go about fixing this for for brian like Mm -hmm. he immediately goes into that mode at no point has he called brian hey you need help are you okay like he is doing this on his own (laughs) so Lindsay and melanie are talking about the whole situation with with michael and Lindsay is trying to get melanie to back away from some of the things that she's requesting in that agreement but Mel just so does not want a repeat of what she had with Brian. She wants to have her child with Lindsay that they raised together. Like that's for the most part, that's pretty much what Melanie is wanting. And she's holding firmly to that. Lindsay says they need to trust the folks and the fates that are involved in this whole process and maybe not write it all down. And I'm like, okay, you see what they got you last time, but sure. But girl. I kind of agree with Lindsay. Michael is different from Brian. Brian is unpredictable. We know what Michael's going to do, you know, and we also know Michael Hart. We know that he's caring. Not trying to say Brian isn't caring, but they know off the rip they can kind of, I mean. Michael is less likely to dig his heels in the sand on issue like like Brian would. And Mm -hmm. so I think knowing those things, like, okay, even if we had, Lindsay's saying, even if we had disagreements, we know Michael generally processes things a little bit different than Brian does. And so it won't be the same as even if we have the same issues, the way we address those issues won't be the same. Exactly. That we have with, with Brian. At least that's what, that's what Lindsay is kind of hoping, hoping for. Well, John comes home and Debbie and Carl are there waiting for him. And Carl says, son, you accused your uncle of doing something to you. He's like, yeah, he tried to pay me to, to do it or, and I wouldn't do it. You know, I refused. But did you see the boy's eyes? He's he's putting on the acting skills yeah, for real. The boy guy went to Juilliard or something because <laughs> he's giving the performance of his life. Yes, he is. And Carl says, well, you you took a bracelet of his? You took something from his from his loft? And Justin is there. He's like, mm-hmm, he sure did. I saw it at the arcade. <laughs> yep, like, on his wrist. He was wrist. hidden over there in, on the side. Yep. He calls John out on another lie. And so Carl, and I think Carl, he's had more dealings with maybe some of the other people, but he knows who Brian is. And so I think he's probably thinking, if this is a person who associates with Debbie, he trusts Debbie's judgment of people. So he probably already not believing this story, but still as an officer, he has to do his due has diligence. To, exactly. Um, And so... He asks to see the bracelet, and at first he tries to pretend like he doesn't have it, but Claire makes him present it because she's like, okay, what's going on here? Maybe maybe there is something up. So she right. makes him show them the bracelet. Well, Justin identifies it. He says that Brian got it in Mexico and that his initials are carved on one of the on one of the shells. So 
side note here about this bracelet. Um, there are three, uh, they're called prequels, the queerest folk, three books that are out. Now, I asked one of the writers, like, not that long ago, and they said that those books are not associated with the actual canon characters, showrunners, and writers of Queer as Folk. Oh. So, but I'm bringing that up because apparently there's a story in that book that I guess Michael gave that bracelet to Brian, but that's that's some that's its own thing. So I'm not saying don't read those books. I know a lot of people have read them and love them, and they give a lot of backstory for Brian and Michael and maybe even Brian and Lindsay, but that's its own thing. Like, they do have... I think they might have something about Showtime on them, but the the writers told me that that was just another way for the network to make money. The Like, these writers who... Because I think they write it maybe under an alias, or maybe they're anonymous, I'm not sure, but it was another way for the network to make money, but it was in no way sanctioned, authorized, approved, associated with the people who wrote what we're watching on TV. So that story about the bracelet does not really apply, but you can, if you want to read it and make that part of your truth. Be our guest. Yeah, be our guest. (laughs) But I just felt like I wanted to put that, I wanted to put that out there because I see periodically discussion about those prequel books. I haven't read them yet. Maybe at some point I will, but um, I just kind of put them off because I don't want that to interfere with what we are watching since that's technically not connected to this. So just putting that out there. So back to the scene. Claire is asking John for the truth and he just runs out. Well, oh, well, he's gay, you know, so what does the truth even matter? Basically, is how and how John feels like he might as well be in prison. He might as well be guilty. That's terrible. Yeah, that's awful. Girl. Yeah. Well, Debbie <laughs> tells John, well, shame on you. And then she gets right in Claire's face and like, shame on you too, because you're raising a kid who thinks that way. He didn't he's just make that up on you. his own. He's getting that from you. You're not correcting it when you hear it. You just let him accuse your brother. You didn't even try to go to your brother and see what was going on. You were okay with all of this, with Brian possibly being locked away for the rest of his life. I know. And his name ruined, and he loses everything. Right. His great job, his reputation. I mean, his freedom. I mean, his whole life will be done. Yeah, so we second what Debbie says. Shame on you, Claire. Well, Melanie and Lindsay come to Michael's shop in... They have decided to shred the agreement. They say, hey, we don't we don't need this. And you will be referred to as the as the father. Now, Aww. I feel like I like it. Well, cool. But I feel like they should still talk about. And here's what that means. Thank you. But they did not. <laughs> but they but did not. They use that word just to butter him up to get him back on. on oh, on, yeah. Because that's all team. it took. He didn't ask any follow up questions. He didn't do anything to clarify. He's like, OK, cool. And now, now this is the time he needs to ask the questions because clearly he can see how they did last time. Uh-huh. He just got the okie doke. So now I'll be like, well, I, I would have asked the questions. What does okay, that look well, like? Well, actually, I wrote an agreement yes. for you to sign. <laughs> I want weekends. Okay. Yeah. Well, we see Emmett over at Woody's and he is drinking alone and Ted comes over to apologize. Well, Ted does admit that he is a very finicky person in his own space. And Emmett says, if you weren't ready to share your space, then why offer to share your space? Basically, like you should have known that about yourself. But again, I think that's Ted having that false, that, like, fantasy in his head. But uh, anyway, while Ted was out doing his stroll and sulk, he tells Emmett that he read a Dear Abs letter, and the letter was about this situation, two guys moving in together, and it just not going how they thought it would because this one wants to put his stuff here, and he doesn't want it there. (laughs) uh, So the answer in that letter was, 
that maybe you should get your get a new place that is new to both of you. So one person's not moving on top of the other person's stuff, which I think is actually very good. That was the best idea. Yeah. And Ted is suggesting that they do get their own place, that they get a house with back a backyard area with rooms plural. Girl, Emmett perked on up. He heard house and yard. (laughs) Yeah. The head kind of turned. Uh-huh. He was trying to hide the smirk. Because at first he wasn't smiling. I wouldn't even look. Mm-hmm. I hear it house. House. Yeah. And I, I really feel like that's probably best for, for them, too, because he's always known that as his best friend Ted's house. And mm-hmm. so now, like, Ted's not just your best friend anymore. He is your partner. And so now you need to see him and his face that way. But also, if y'all are going to share that, I do feel like the best thing for them is to start over from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we see Michael, and he is coordinating his schedule, his bedroom schedule with Ben, with Melanie's ovulation schedule, and trying to figure out, like, what days they can be on, what days they can be off. And Michael tells Ben that he's free that night, and Ben says that he's (laughs) heading out to the gym again. And I'm, I'm getting, I'm calling cheaters. I need somebody to be watching you. <laughs> yeah. I know you're not out there cheating, but if if it was me, I'm getting suspect now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If you spent the, at the gym more than you with me. He is. And like, okay. we, it's been known that he worked out, but it just, it didn't feel like it interfered with everything in his day. It's right. like, that's all the only thing he prioritized. You canceling plans see, now? Yeah. We used to see him reading a book or doing stuff for his class or going for a walk or, or just a loving on Michael. Yeah. Cooking yeah. a meal for the two of them. And now everything has been pushed aside for him to go work out. And, uh, well, we see why we see through a cracked door that Ben is in the bathroom, uh, juicing up there. And so before, I didn't see this the first time, but you saw it when they were talking in their bedroom. He dropped his um He dropped his steroid, little vial. Uh-huh. Yeah. And luckily was able to get it and hide it before Michael saw it. So he, Ben's keeping the secret. So he, know, he, he knows he's doing wrong. Yeah. Because you're, you're hiding. You're acting real suspect. You're acting real suspicious. And you're getting to the point speaking. to where you're, you know, you're making little mistakes like yeah. that. Like, that's how you know a person is deep into something mm-hmm. when they're getting a little bit careless. Yeah, that part. Okay. <laughs> Because he, I would think he wouldn't even keep that stuff there. Like I know. I'm pretty sure you could probably rent a locker at the gym and I would just like keep it up in there. But yeah, so this is what's going on with uh, with Ben and his behavior and why he's been, or at least this is a part of it, why he's been so, so sketchy. <laughs> well, we see the next scene. Uh, Justin is returning Brian's bracelet there at the loft. Uh, and I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to scream. I'm I not going to scream because I'm in the microphone. I love it because but, uh, all they're doing is standing there at the door to the loft. And the chemistry. The chemistry, the symbolism, all of it. Because they're just right there at the door. Looking at each other in the eyes. Yeah, are like, we going in? Are we staying out? What's what's going on here? And just without even saying what he did, Justin giving that bracelet back to let Brian. Let Brian know. Let Brian know that Justin was involved. In him getting off, you know, or or the truth coming out, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, Don't say nothing about getting off. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, and I love that they they just know that about each other, right. and they do that, and they don't do it for the credit. They don't. Justin's like not like, well, yeah. Not only did I get your bracelet back, but I mm-hmm. went and followed him to the arcade because I heard what he said to you. Like they don't do all that because it's not about that. Yeah, it was about um, you know yeah, and respect I, and what doing what's right. Yeah, and I feel like the last few episodes. For Justin also, he's had to learn, okay, how do I exist in Brian's life and mm-hmm. how do I still be his friend? Because I think he might have thought that was off the table once they split up because that scene in the loft when Justin's there to talk to him about the tuition, Justin's like, yeah, but we, 
but we broke up. We're not together anymore. Like you wouldn't. Sure, before you used to do this stuff for me, but now I don't expect it anymore. And Brian made it clear, like, that doesn't matter. Their relationship status doesn't matter. He's still going to take care of him and be there. And so then I felt felt like that made Justin say, okay, well, I can continue to do that, to do that too. But yeah, but I just, yeah, everything about this scene, I love it. It's so charged and there's so much... That's being said, but that's not being said, but that wants to be said. I was like, look, look <laughs> y'all, let's just go inside. Yeah. Let's go inside right now. Let's yeah. just talk this out. Let's just talk it out. Okay, but, let's just go in there. But it's Kiss a, him. Yeah. Uh, so Brian says, thanks, and which is not something that he says very often. And Justin says, anytime. And I really think he means it. And Justin motions for the bracelet back because he's going to put it on Brian's wrist now. Brian lives screaming. alone. You know he can put this bracelet on yes, without Justin's I, he help. He wanted so, to touch this yes, man that was one definitely last an excuse time. To, an excuse to touch him. And just, you look at Brian's face and that exhale of breath, like to have Justin there and touching him. and mm, Both of them. Look at Justin's right, face. All, both of them. There's, I think both of them are waiting for the other person to maybe say something, but... They won't. I'm yeah, just like, I think they both know nothing's going to happen. But it's clear that they want something to happen. Just but, say, I miss you. But it's like, I want you to, I don't know. It's just, it's a whole lot. And uh, right when it's about to be just like too much, Brian says, well, shouldn't you be getting back to your boyfriend? Womp, womp, And womp. Justin says, yeah, but I'm thinking, which boyfriend? That part, okay. <laughs> which one should he be getting back to? I will say, I actually enjoyed this episode without seeing Ethan one time, Okay. <laughs> It was so great yeah. not seeing his ass. And then seeing Justin and Brian back together like this. Like, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And so just after Justin says, yeah, you know, maybe I should be getting back. Because, of course, there's still that thing. It's like, okay, well, this isn't our, we're not together anymore. Like, no matter what other feelings may still be alive, we are not together anymore. And so Justin does leave. And we see Brian walk back into the loft. But that door is left open. It is. Yep. <laughs> leave that door open. I'll, I'll see you. Almost let me into my song. I shouldn't have set you up okay. for that. I'm gonna move on. Then. But the door is open, and yeah, Brian always leaves the door unlocked or whatever. But I, I don't think he intentionally. That was left symbolism it open, for it was the door is symboli- open. Yes. the door is always open. The door is still still mm-hmm. open. Yeah. Now is someone else gonna walk in? Or whatever. Who knows? But no one else is open. gonna walk in because Brian don't do boyfriends. He just happened to fall in love with Justin. We'll see. Well, then we also see Brian take the bracelet. What are you trying to say? Wait, wait. Does he find, love, find somebody else? We also see Brian take the bracelet back <laughs> off. Um, and I'm sure, and there's some symbolism with that too. And yeah, we'll revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> then that is, that is this episode. A really good one. Girl. Yeah, it was, oh, that was so frustrating in some ways. Yeah. With John, mostly, yeah, mm. and Claire, and Joan, and just anything to do with the Kennys. Where is the apology? Why didn't that, why wasn't that squeezed into Mm-mm. here? Okay. He didn't even expect it. He no. didn't wait around for uh, it. I, I'm waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I'm waiting because I, I mean, for Joan, Claire. Yeah. Where the hell is the apology at? The little boy, is he sent out to some boot camp? Because that's where he needs I to be. I feel like there needs to be some, some kind of punishment for that. I feel like there ought to be something. I mean, why is there repercussions for false allegations? Yeah. Like, I mean, for real. He could have ruined this man's life. Even if his job got wind of that and it wasn't even true, that could have easily hurt that company. I mean, people are going to believe what they want to believe. So, I mean, even if it wasn't true, some people, oh, oh, it happened. Right. Because even, you know, even so Brian is launching this new campaign for this potato chip ad. Well, if they find, if people who are... They're dropping it. Customers, it's hurtful. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, the guy who designed this ad is a, a child pedophile. molester. Yeah. I don't want to buy that. And so it's far reaching. 
when you do that. And unfortunately, when so many false accusations are out there, it diminishes the voice of the real accusation. Exactly. And so people are like, oh, no, just another person crying wolf. And then you have so many real victims not getting their voice heard, nope. not getting their their justice or their stories validated. And so, yeah, it's not good. For, it's not good for anyone involved. No. When so, you do that. I, I, I really I want to see in the next episode them address that. I want to see something happen. I'm hoping that's what's happening. Can I get a little clue? No clues for me. But this also <laughs> ties back, again, when we talked about earlier, them hitting this, sometimes even when they hit the same note, but with a different instrument. So we had Uncle Vic being yep. accused in the bathroom sting because that was a way to, to trap mm-hmm. gay men. And then also this thing with Brian and how the assumption is that all gay men are perverts. A lot of real things that they brought up that the that the queer community has to deal with. And I I always say that this Entertainment can be very educational, and this show opened my eyes to so much crap that goes on Absolutely. in the world. Because if you don't, if you're not living this lifestyle, a lot of times you don't know or wouldn't even couldn't even comprehend some of the things that go on. You know, if someone told you, "Oh, this happened to me," it's like, "Oh, it couldn't have happened to you. That would never happen to me." But I mean, you can literally be targeted just for being your true, authentic self. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, or just having assumptions made about you, yeah, or just all this stuff. Absolutely, and people automatically put you in this other category, and so yeah, yeah. Was, but so I love when they can do things like that, but also blend it in with other with other stories, like where things have progressed and where we can have these non traditional families, or we can have two lesbian women saying we're going to raise a child together, where there can be two gay men who are saying I would like to explore the idea of having a child together. Even though that's not something that Ben and Michael can do right now, still just that conversation is something that can com- happen. And the fact that they were having that conversation then, because to be honest, if you tw- twenty years ago, I would have never thought that was possible. Right. You know. Um. Yeah. I was. I would have never thought that was possible. But looking back on it now, like I mean, now I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that's I'm I'm proud of them. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know several couples with baby. You, we, you and I both know someone yeah. that's going through that right now. A lesbian couple and a gay couple, they actually decided to have children together. Um, and they're gonna raise them separate. I mean, raise them together. But um, yeah, I just I love that like I always say before, this show was ahead of its time. Yeah. I love how it blends like some of the u- ugly things, but also shows some progress and mm-hmm. how it It really was all very well done. That's why that's why I really feel like it's really, really true. Like I mean, uh, clearly it's a show. It's uh, so relevant and very real. relevant that's what makes to it life. Timeless. Exactly. Exactly. What are you guys' thoughts on this episode? How do you think Brian and Justin handled the whole um, John situation? What are your thoughts on Michael becoming a father or a donor? What are, y'all, what are your thoughts on the cho- the selection, Michael being the choice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, we like to get interactive with you guys. So we just want to hear your feedback. Let us know what you guys think about it. Um, you have anything else to say, love? I've got nothing. All right, well, guys, well, we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. And until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.